Hello, everyone. I mean, hello, listeners of my podcast. It's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, since I did a podcast, and I'm not really sure what I want to talk about. Which I kind of have an idea, but then I don't know. Okay, this I I don't know if it's just me. But then you feel like there's times where you're vulnerable. Like I feel like I'm on, in the brink of breaking down. That's a whole other thing. So I'm scared if I start talking about something that's just slightly sensitive, I might just go down. You know, I'm some. I'm in between like kangumu and breaking down. I mean, I've broken down so many times. Feel like I'll oh, let it all out. It doesn't do shit. <laughs> Am I the one who feels like that? Like people say, "Oh, cry it out." You wake up feeling better. I'm like, no, it doesn't. I don't feel nothing. I still feel the same, you know. And um, uh, my podcast was supposed to be like a series of events, but then um, there's this, there's an issue that I'm particularly struggling with at the moment, and it's. It's um now that I'm sober, you know, I've been sober for almost it's going to be three years in um in October. And um what the hell? What the hell are you doing with your life, you know? And I mean I wish I could tell everyone that's looking at me like, um, okay, so now that I'm also looking at myself in that kind of way. Trust me. I'm 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 shook as well. I'm I'm scared what the hell is going on, you know. It does. It just doesn't come easy, and that's one of the things we were being prepared for when we were living rehab. Is yes, you've changed, but life hasn't changed. You know, life is still shit. You know, life is still unfair. Life is still very much brutal. So you're you're just the one who's changed. You know, and um. A lot of people just don't realize just how. And I knew someone was going to text me. Okay. Um, I hope it just doesn't get into this thing. Can I do? Can I Can I silence this motherfucker? I don't know how I can. I have. Um, And a lot of people, I don't even know where I was. Mm. A lot of, a lot of times, like, yes, I've changed, you know, that's like, when when you risk management, you know, it's like, where, or managing expectations, it's like, well, funny, when we may change, life is still the same, so manage the expectation, then manage this and manage that and manage, you know, hmm. I'm really proud of myself, I'll tell you that. I've really handled this situation the most okay not graceful because I'm not graceful slightly graceful slightly graceful by now if it was the old me I'd have given up Kitamo I would have given up because um, I'm sober I've been sober all this time and 
nothing was giving, you know, and the funny thing with life is you think might your breakthrough might come tomorrow or another three years. I never really understood that shit. I've never really understood it. It is a cold month of July. My God. I don't do well with this cold. Maybe that's why I'm feeling even extra depressed. It's not my weather. It's not my kind of weather at all. Kabisa, kabisa, kabisa. Um, and so, I just feel so shit. I feel so shitty. Like, I want to go. You ever feel stuck, yeah? You're stuck mentally. I'm even feeling stuck emotionally. Stuck so much so that I'm like apathetic, you know? Nothing is moving me. Nothing is this, nothing is that. Nothing is just, I'm just there. Like, I'm not even alive. You know, I'm like, Nikotu. I have no feeling whatsoever. I'm numb, yeah. Is it numb, numb? I don't know if I'm going to post this podcast because it just seems like it's everywhere, you know. And I really don't want to talk so much because um, I feel like if I go on and then I just start crying, <laughs> which I really don't think I want to do today. You know, it doesn't do much for me. And I'm done. Let me tell you one thing about my sobriety. This is like, I'm a whole other person. I mean, I don't know who I am. And thank God I've, I've gotten this point because I've gotten a bit of content to keep the, the minutes going. So one thing about sobriety is, number one, you discover yourself and you, you. I had no idea who this person is. I'm not an emotional being. But I'll tell you this, the amount of times I've cried sober is a lot. I can, you mean it surpassed the number of times I cried in my life. Or, okay, I can't say that, but then in my adult life, you know. Just these three years, I've cried more than, that I've cried since I was 19 to 25. I'm not kidding you. And that's because um, I'm very emotional. That's another side of me I never, I never saw. I never knew this about me. And so what's, what sobriety does and what being sober does is it takes away the mask the, that you were, uh, that I had with drugs and alcohol. And um, it opens up my true self. And this is one of the reasons why they do not, they say, okay, which is something I never listened they in according to AA they say um see AA I'm a, what's this thing called the book the big book I don't know one of those things you're not supposed to get into a relationship within a year and do you know why is because once you take away the alcohol and the drugs from someone you've kind of taken away like something an identity of theirs you've taken away something that they thought they were you know I thought I was this I'm a G yo. You know, I'm this bad girl, bad girl, really. I mean, and that's how I moved, I think. I just was so um, nonchalant to a lot of people and things and emotions and all of that. As long as I'm high, honey, I'm good, you know. <laughs> I was happy. I was vibing, 
you know, I I never cared for relationships. I never cared for intimacy and all this blah, blah, blah. Not much. I mean, I had episodes, <laughs> but not really much. Um, breakups were never that hard for me. It's like, ah, easy. Cheers. Next week, I'm under someone else. <laughs> and that's how you get over on someone, isn't it? You know? Um, and then in a week, oh my God, those days. Like, I used to fall in love. Every, you know, like, there's a song that goes, fall in love every week and something like that. Literally, I used to live that life. Because every weekend I used to meet an amazing person. I like them. I have a crush on them. Um, some we might talk. Others we might not talk. And then next weekend, just find a new crush. Ugh. To be young and wild and free. That was the life. I'll tell you that. And so the reason why they say not to not to get into a relationship is because now you've taken away a huge part of this person's life. Of course, it's false. It's a false identity. Yeah. And then this person is left like open, bare, vulnerable as hell. And um, all these things. And Nico too. So now the problem comes in the way that I am supposed from then on to start working, rediscovering myself, learning this and this about myself and knowing this is who I am. And understanding the triggers, you know, I mean, alcohol is just the surface. There's underlying issues to most addicts. And, you know, I mean, for me, there's an issue. This is what we need to find out. And the only person to do this by day, it's just me. Only me. And maybe the help of a counselor and all that stuff. And so the mistake that I made was I just didn't listen. Let me just be honest with you. I think I'm thinking that you are smart as is like the biggest disservice you can ever do to yourself <laughs> i thought i was such a smart motherfucker you know so when this guy's i mean uh, let me tell you i'm, I'm so cool yeah i mean in AA, i'm like you know what first of all i'm only here because i was brought here i don't want to be here you know i don't want to be i don't care about what you guys have to say you all look like a bunch of losers to me anyway and then, you know, there's always the older people in uh, in rehab and the people have stayed longer than you. They're trying to, I mean, by then, let's call it indoctrination. Let's call it what it is. You know, it's helping, but then let's call it indoctrination. So by then, they're, they're, they're already indoctrinated and they're already, you know, getting wired into the program. And so there's people I'm talking to and I'm looking at them like, what the hell is this person saying, you know? So for me... I don't know if this place, this story is all over the place. I was told I'm going there for a month. So here's these two things to this story. I was forced or not forced, you know, so I was ambushed. And the entire of the entire 2018, everything, every the only word that came out of my mom's mouth was rehab, 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 rehab. And um, with 2018, I deteriorated, deteriorated, deteriorated very quickly like my state was going worse and worse and worse and worse by the month so every month i had i used to hit a new low a new low every low you know every month so i think by the time i got to october i had chomad picture kabisa sasa ilikuwa you know what i have burnt the whole fucking album all of it 
And so when my mom came home one time, okay, so it's a whole long story. Should I tell it because um, so can really happen me. Nearly come home. I'd come home from perambulating, you know, from drinking. And I had I had stayed out for like two weeks. Imagine, I saw my whole mother. I'm out drugs and all that in life for two weeks. So I've come home. I'm broke, of course. Uh, my friends are broke. That's why I'm home. And my body is broke. I've been a beat. So I came. I come home. Blah blah. My, the good thing about it was my mom used to pay for my carbs. You know, that's one thing she took care of. So and whenever I I could I. Whenever, wherever I was, if I wanted to go home, I just asked for a cab and she'd pay for it. So I'm going home. She's paid for my cab. I've tried to, I've showered. Oh my God, I took like two showers or three because I just feel like siski poor, you know. I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not feeling better. And so eventually, um, I think there was, I was like, you know what, let me just go out for a smoke. Um, because I'm a girl, I can't just smoke out in public. I have to go to this, um, what do you call it, the bars, the whatever, to smoke. So I went to our local and I was smoking and then, I don't know, I just felt lonely. I mean, by then I could never be alone at all, completely, could never be alone. And so I think I, was, I sat there in my cigarette and I only had money for one cigarette. So my cigarette is dying. I'm still not feeling better, you know, I was like, Ugh. by then I had been introduced to keg, so I was just, I think I was just introduced to keg the same year, and I'm like, this is such a cheap way of drinking, you know, so I was like, oh my dear, those ladies, like, nipatir keg moji, so by then I think keg, keg was 60 bob for the big cup, so I mean, me drink, I'm drinking my keg, I don't know if I had cigarettes, because I remember I'd Oh yeah, this is a bus. I mean, I have a tub, so I can't. Pay. I'm not paying up front. Nothing to do. So I don't know if a nigger friend of mine came, and I bought him keg with no money, and then we just kept on buying and buying, and more people came, and I kept buying with no money. That was I don't know. If you ask me what was going on in my head. I'll tell you, I have no idea. I have never been that lonely enough to buy someone a drink so that they can sit with me. I used to make fun of people like that, but then I did that, you know. Um, and then I think the bill went went up to 2,000 bob. I didn't have it at all at the moment. So I tried to call my mom. She's like, are you mad? You want me to pay for your bill? Like, oh, you know. And so I was like, oh, you know, whatever. So I hung up and then I called my dad like, well, what the hell? And then he came, he paid for it, and then he took me out. And he's like, wait, 2,000 bob for keg. I'm like, yeah. Were you drinking it alone? I'm like, yeah. It's like, there's no way. They're even calculating the situation. That's like 33 cups. There's no way you drank 33 cups. So anyway, that is, that is one of, that was the final straw for my folks. And so my dad took me home. I slept the next day. They're like, um, I mean, don't leave the house. It's something we want to discuss. I mean, it, I usually used to get such kind of lectures. 
So I, did, I didn't think much of it. I was like, you know what, if I want to go, I'll just go. But then that day, for some reason, I just didn't feel like going. I didn't feel like going. But then if I wanted to, I would have. So I think my mom had gone somewhere and then she was coming back. She's like, oh, I'm coming back to help you. So you work on this and this. I'm like, asala, you know, is it? So she comes back. She finds me sitting on the couch. I'm feeling terrible. I'm a bitch, you know. By the time I was going to rehab, my mind was in a world of its own. My mind was controlling me. My mind was, I was living in my head. There was no me. There was me in my head. There was me and my thoughts in my head. And they're very bad thoughts and they're very bad. And then I could hear voices and they're bad voices and they're, they're saying all these bad things and they're all these mean things. And it's, it's just like, I just used to live like that. So the only time I, could, I never used to hear the voices was when I was drinking and that's why I drank so much because the voices kept quiet at the time and I could socialize and I could laugh. Oh God, I used to see people laughing just like that. I'm like, wow, you guys are just naturally happy, you know. I was not, I was not happy like that. Um, it was, it was a really bad, bad. Let me tell you. I mean, I'm 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 in a very fucked up place right now, but then trust me, it's not as fucked up as that was. That's one of the things that have kept me sober, despite the fact that life is still fucking me <laughs> sideways. But I'm like, you know what? At least I have a clear mind. Jesus, you did not want to be. I had a boyfriend at the time, and one time he, I used to wake up way early, and then he he used to want to just sleep, and I'm there like having a, a million and one thoughts, some are coming out of my mouth, this guy was just like, wow, I could never want to be in your head, you know, and I could look at him sometimes sleeping so calmly, I'm like, how, how do you just sleep, but anyway, thank God, nowadays I can just sleep, so anyway, my mom came and she found me sitting on the couch, like battling whatever voices I'm hearing, and she goes, you know what? I'm actually taking you to rehab. I was like, no. No, 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 no. I'm not going. And then she kept saying, like, you have to, you will go, and you will go, and you will go. You know what? I was like, you know what? I've had this thing the whole year, the whole of 2018. You know what? I'll go. So it's, in a way, it was forced. And then in a way, I also gave the green light, you know. But either way, that day, whether or not I said no or yes, because when I said, okay, I'll go, she's like, all right, go pack your things. I'm like, ah, yeah, when we're going today, she's like, ah, uh, now, we're actually going now. So it was like 4 p.m. And I'm like, um, it's like, how can you get in there? So, you need, so she's making calls and they're like, she's like, oh, we're coming, blah, blah, blah. I went upstairs to sleep because me, I'm thinking, there's no way you can make me good in the evening. Tender, come and tender. Nikesha Subui. Kidogo, kidogo, our maid is knocking at the door. She's like, um, I'm like, that's when it hit me. Like, for real, for real. I'm going. I'm going to this black club place, you know. And, um, started, she packed my things. Um, 
But then in my mind, the whole time, I was thinking of an escape plan. I had an escape plan. I had all these things. And I called my boyfriend at the time. And I'm like, um, babe, you know, they're telling me that I'm going to rehab. He's like, what? You're going, you're going to rehab? And I'm like, no, but I think I'm going to escape. He's like, yeah, 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 you escape. Not that I cared that much. But then it's like, where HIPAA? I'm like, I don't even have a shilling. He's like, where HIPAA? You. And I didn't, did I have a phone? I think I did. With HIPAA. Then you'll call me with a random number. I'll send you money there, blah, blah. So I had everything set up. I just needed to escape. So even when I went to take a shower, again, I had taken a I mean, I showered a few of my times just to feel better. So even when I went to take a shower, I mean, I was taking a shower in number one. Either if I'm going, I'll go. Or number two, my parents think I'm showering to go to rehab, but I'm planning to escape. So I even have my makeup things, you know. You know, I've dressed some somewhat nicely and then I was ready. But then I don't know what happened to me that day. My body could not do it. I could not escape. I could not. There's a time I was even when we were leaving the house now. Because I was scared of, you know, the way my house is set up. When you're coming down the steps, someone would see you. So, and then I have to get to the door. So I was like, Nikishuka. Then they see me, someone will go and block the door in a way. So I had to play smart. So at some point, there was at some point when we were now, it was time to leave. I was outside alone. I'm like, you know, this is an apt, appropriate time to escape. You know, there's nobody's going. I is the so just jifunga gate and all that. But I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what got into me that day, but I'm glad it did because uh, I'd still be drinking. I'd still be pathetic. You know, I was very pathetic. Anybody who knows me from from back then knew just how pathetic I was. Or maybe if they didn't say it, I know for a fact I was really pathetic and I'd really, really hit rock bottom. And yeah, and that's how I got to... First of all, we got to rehab like around to just seven, eight. The rehab was in Kabete. The all this time in my head, I'm like, you know what? They'll just say, um, it's it's closed. You can come to work. No. Apparently, rehabs, they don't close the doors. It's like open. It's open for business. Any motherfucking time. You want to come at 3 a.m., you're allowed in. You'll just wake up the counselors. You'll wake up the security. I want to too. They'll sign you in, and I'm like, you people come. And it's saving lives, to be honest, because you might just leave and change your mind and never get the help that you needed, you know. So it's it's good that they opened. It's good and bad because fuck that shit, yo. <laughs> what the hell was that? That they, they opened their doors for me. And so now back to the point. So Nimefika, of course, um, I'm here like, oh, I've been told I'm only staying here a month. So I'm like, do, 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 and just counting the days. Number one, one of the reasons why I accepted to go was because I was already sick of people. And I'm sure people were sick of me. All my friends. I have a different group of friends um, everywhere. And, you know, I used to get sick of them. They used to get sick of me. I mean, they used to get sick of me. Because my personality is very, I have a very... It's a hit or miss. You either like it or you don't. You know, and people who have not liked me, 
they have not liked me and there was no in between you know and these people who liked me they have liked me and it's okay so that is the kind of the kind of place that I was I was like you know what I need a break from all these people ni you know to mezoyana so that was one of the reasons why I accepted to go and I was like najua what I miss you know so by the time by the time you becoming an addict of the way that I was you have you completely lose value you know i remember people would be like ah who's invited today you know yani adi they need a fresh face that fresh nini you know where sasa usha beat usha bow usha kwa you know so i had completely i used to kind of feel that way sometimes i was completely not seen as somebody in their faces in their eyes in their lives and so I was like you know what sasa mimi can our see when you are miss and you know what the, the thing about life which I, I i came to love now is that they don't have to see it they don't have to see me now they don't have to it's not that i don't see them so that they don't see me i just don't see them because we don't have common interests anymore but then they also don't have to see the glow up silazima you know ever seen that person who's, who buys a car and makes sure she, he or she hallows everyone you know on their phone book they don't have to what i'm be when i'm saying i'm saying so hey nani excuse me and the shagari no more you know that's just a real naive you know and so back to my point so me thinking of myself as a smart ass i don't know if this podcast sounds dope it just sounds like i'm a joke but anyway so nimenda so i'm not even listening to this cuz to be honest I even have because we embarked on a exercise because we have to write notes. I'm like, what kind of place is this, man? So at the back of my exercise book, I had um, written days, you know, like the days of the week. So every single day, I used to mark out of my calendar, and guys used to laugh at me like, my dear, I'm not joking. In three months, I'm like, there's no way I'm staying three months. There's no way you can hold me against my will. That's for sure. And one counselor told me, you know what, you because you know kind of like a center of attention we just bob yapping yapping about it a lot one counselor was like my dear we can't hold you against your will for sure so if you use kuna sema mambo utaka cuz I told them only staying a month like so if it gets to the 17th of november we'll let you go i'm like that's what i wanna hear yes if you use like yeah wake up shower pack your things come to the office to ambio will open for you i'm like nigga you're reading me you're getting me now you're getting me so the month passes by and by now i'd formed friendships ish you know there's just it just felt like a breath of fresh air i mean of course it was hard the first few weeks the first week come at the first two weeks but i have a really good personality where um, i adapt to the environments that I'm, i'm i'm put in and um i make friends quickly i mean i associate with people quickly And so I was kind of in a happy space because I even stopped missing um people at home and my ex and all that stuff. So I was feeling better. So when that day came on the 17th of November I woke up, showered, recovered. I'm like, guys, um it's time for me to bounce, but of course these guys just don't let you out like that. They they play they sweet talk you as you know and let me tell you one thing about addicts and the thing with most of the counselors even who were there some they were reform addicts 
They have the power of their tongue. Addicts can manipulate you to death. And so wana kuzungusha tu hivi 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 umeshengia box. So they even I said like I was a first of all I was a flight risk from from when I got in to when I was living. They were like where udem lazima chungwe anaweza hepa which was true almost I almost I had planned a really sweet escape but then it backfired on my ass. And so yeah um back to the point so yeah of course i didn't live in that month they stayed another two months which was good because if i left after just one month i'd still be drinking um they hadn't wired everything in my head all the information that i needed which was good i advise anybody to at least stay everybody to at least three stay three months or more you know so back to my point of me thinking of myself as the smartest motherfucker on the planet and all this These people that I've met here are really not my type. First of all, I was telling them, like, you're not my type of people. And I mean, whenever they came, like, let's say, trying to antagonize me, I'm like, yo, first of all, me and you can't even, you know. And so I never, there's a very, very, very important part I missed in, I need a big book, I need a new I don't know what's it called in AA. It's I think let's just call it AA. And that part says that if an addict, if you're a recovering addict, if you're in recovery, you should stay or wait at least a year. Honestly, to God, I don't remember them saying it, or maybe they said I just didn't pay attention. You should be wait at until a year until you got into any kind of relationship. Because my nigga, if you don't, it's gonna fuck you up. It did fuck me up, and I'm like, what in combi? My life is just choice consequence. Like I said in my earlier podcast, I live my consequences. Sigh, I can't get out after years. Sigh, I ignored that beautiful piece of information and I paid for it with an almost uh two year and plus shitty relationship because i got entangled with someone who was in rehab so here's the thing can you imagine this is like recipe for disaster two people who are addicts two people who are alcoholics who are trying to change who are now unaware of who they are because you've taken the booze away from us get together do you know what the hell you're doing there that's this like adding fuel to an already existing fire and my god that was a terrible 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 time of my life i mean i've always lived my life not regretting i don't regret a lot of things that i've done even this one but i do kind of regret this one because i could have just listened simple as that i could have just listened to what someone said and this and i think from then on i had to drop the smart ass attitude of you know i know i know things i'm like no how do you know more than an institution or an organization that has existed for almost 85 years how do you know more than that of course you don't there's no way you know more than that you know eh but then yeah i don't know what this this blog was going this podcast was going but then yeah so with addiction back to my point the ali ali point of how addiction just leaves you very bare until today now me 
I'm also literally starting from scratch in finding who I am because for two years plus my identity was this person's girlfriend or this and this and you know my all my focus was in dealing with this terrible relationship and not even working on myself and I'd, I've never met me so but that's the funniest part I don't know who I am my true self because I never gave that person a chance you know I've never been alone sober I don't know who I am so I don't know it's just crazy I think oh yeah I think I'm learning a few things one of the things that I've learned is that I cry like a motherfucker which I'm done I'm not about this life anymore that bitch can die I don't give a fuck I am tired of crying because it doesn't do anything for me. I just cry and that's it. And that's why I think I I like the way this podcast has gone because I was on the verge of tears. I didn't want to talk a lot about stuff. But then my choices in end, which I need them to go far away from me from now henceforth. I am done crying. It's pathetic. Not for me. Not for you. You can cry me, no. It's not weakness. It's just, I just find it, ich. You know, and I think I feel better about my situation now a bit. You know, people say, "Oh, you know, it helps opening up, talking helps," and maybe that's why this podcast is a thing. Just talk, talk to nobody in particular. Actually, I'm just talking on my phone, which this time I don't think I'll have the whole whatever thing because the. the noise the background the sound thing i hope my voice is audible enough and there wasn't too much breathing oh my god if there's breathing it's 33 minutes i'll die but you'll just have to take whatever it is it's like a diary this is like me writing something down so let me hear what you think of my thoughts and i think i'll stop it there at that minute 34 and it's three seconds to one stop